Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast, life lessons and conversations from the garden. Hey guys, uh, it's me, your host, Misty Little, and this is season three, episode 16, and it's cold again. <laughs> Yesterday was gorgeous in the 70s. Well, I don't know about gorgeous, it rained, but it was in the 70s, which meant we actually sweated a little bit, which is good. <laughs> I like sweating. I don't like freezing, and we're back to cold weather again today, but... Looks like the rest of the week might be nicer, so it's still our bipolar time of the year, but uh, I'm hoping things are on the upswing. Maybe this will be the last really kind of cold day (laughs) for the next while, but we'll see. We got to get through February, so today's guests I'm really excited to talk about, and I think I might say that about all of my guests, that I'm always excited to talk about them because they're always cool, (laughs) Um, is Sarah and Silva. Clavier, and I hope I didn't butcher your name. (laughs) Um, They are from Talking Tree Farm in San Antonio. And I met them when my husband and my son and I were in San Antonio last summer. And we went to the Pearl Farmers Market on the north end of San Antonio. And the Pearl Market used to be, it's in the Pearl Brewery area. There used to be a brewery there and they've kind of, it's an industrial area that they've revitalized. They put a lot of shops and uh, cool upscale restaurants and they have a farmer's market with food trucks and a cool place for kids to play on the weekends. And it's just such a neat area to go to. So we were there uh, visiting last June, and we're like, well, let's go to the farmer's market. I have a coworker who always raves about it, and um, the other time we had been to San Antonio recently, we hadn't had a chance to visit. And we're walking around, and we walk up to this booth, and I see Permaculture Farm, and I'm just like stopped in my tracks, because I don't know about you, but seeing a permaculture farm at a farmer's market is pretty out of the ordinary for me and I'm for Texas, you know, it's pretty easy to see naturally grown or organic farms and things like that. But permaculture, it was kind of like, wow, crazy. So we, we talked to Sarah and Silva um, while we were there, kind of getting to know them. Not, I don't know about getting to know them, but getting to know their farm a little bit and um, looking at their, their products. And Sarah was sell, selling um, uh, homemade, like, bracelets and things from like local seeds. It was just such a cool, cool thing. And um, I got their card and they had a write up in Edible San Antonio. And honestly, I was I contacted Sarah right after we met them about coming on the podcast. And they were about to go out of town to France and just wasn't working out. And I kind of forgot <laughs> about that whole interaction until a few weeks ago, I was going through my stuff on my desk and I saw that Edible San Antonio again. And I was like, <gasps> Oh yes, I still want to talk to these guys, and they are really cool people. Um, I will go, I'm always interested in talking to people doing permaculture in Texas because it's I don't know. I see plenty of gardeners attempting to do permaculture and you know getting those basic design principles and <clears throat> working on polyculture and just applying all of that. But I've never really seen um, actual farms and people who are actually selling their products at a farmer's market. So it was really exciting to talk to them. They're doing a lot of cool things. I think hopefully they are spreading the permaculture word in San Antonio, um, connecting hopefully with other gardeners and other people who may be interested in starting their own farm in the future. And even if you're not interested in starting your own farm, I think you'll pick up some interesting uh, 
things and tidbits that they share. And they also offer free classes. So if you're in, I mean, even if you're in Houston and want to drive over for the day, I would check out their their classes that they have. They're pretty laid back from what I understand. And um, you just basically have a chat and learn, pick their brains. <laughs> so they're really neat. And I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Um, okay, with that, you can find me at thegardenpathpodcast.com. I'm on Instagram at thegardenpathpodcast. And email me at thegardenpathpodcast at gmail.com. So if you listen on iTunes or Stitcher, drop a rating and review. You don't even have to review me. Just hit five stars. That would be great because the more reviews, the more likely it's going to show up in the suggested podcasts of other podcasts and the way more people will find this podcast. So with that, I give you Sarah and Silva. Okay, well, um, yeah, thanks for joining me and uh, wanting to come on the podcast. When I saw you guys in San Antonio last year, last summer, it was last summer, I was really kind of excited because I've never seen a permaculture farm at a farmer's market before. So, <laughs> And uh, as soon as I saw y'all, I was like, hmm, I wonder if they'd be on the podcast. It'd be really cool. So, <laughs> Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess if you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves, tell uh, me and the listeners um, who you are and kind of maybe a little bit about your farm. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm Sarah and Silva Clavier, and we started a permaculture farm here in San Antonio, Texas. Um, two 2016. Year- yeah, 2016, about two years ago. Yeah. And it's just been growing and growing step by step. We've been investing and in lots of work, lots of time, lots of energy, lots of passion. <laughs> and um, we're very happy with, with how it's going. <laughs> it's been well. Silva's from France. Okay. So if you haven't noticed with his strong accent. I have a, yes. a wonderful accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, uh, I actually YouTubed uh, your name just to, so I could understand how to say it. <laughs> But I think I'll let you say it and and go from there. So, <laughs> okay, my students say uh, Clavieres and uh, the Cavaliers, but it's it's pronounced Clavier. Clavier. All right. Um. Well, since you both have obviously very different uh, cultural backgrounds, how did you guys meet to start? Uh. Well. So. Uh, I'm from France, and uh, I went to Thailand when I was 19, and I spent uh, 11 years there, and that's where I met uh, Sarah. Over there in Thailand, she was teaching uh, English at a school, so we met there. And and we stayed there for four years. Four, four, years you built four us years. a bungalow on the beach, and he was farming in the sand. <laughs> and... Wow. In the jungle when I met you, yeah. and um, then on the sand when you built your bungalow, and then um, I was just fascinated with the whole culture over there. Obviously, Thailand is a beautiful country, good food, good people, um, beautiful nature, and Silva is all about nature, so that was mm-hmm. intensified, and and it was really wonderful. And we stayed there for four years together, and then we came over here. I have a family friend. Um, that has property and he was reading all sorts of books about sustainability. And when I came home to visit my family, he was like, 
I told him about Silva because really me, I'm, I um, am learning everything I know from Silva and what he was doing over there. And he was like, bring him over here. Come, come do everything what you're doing in Thailand on my property. <laughs> so that's, and I was surprised to hear his answer. He I don't know if you were ready for a change or what, but he was like, yeah, okay, was. sure. <laughs> so that's good. I'm happy to be home with my family. And, and um, we got married and that's kind of, yeah, we are. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know leaving a Thailand beach for Texas. That <laughs> seems, uh, yeah, he must have really loved you. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I do. <laughs> I love the opportunity as well. I yes. I wanted to start uh, a project on my own and be able to uh, purchase a piece of land and really, really do something that, that we own and not that we rent or we're just living there for a few years and before to move on. So right. we are close, close to the goal. And I told Silva about my community and, and how I feel very strongly about making a difference. Um, in Thailand, it's many people are sustainable. They're harvesting rainwater and mm -hmm. they live simple lives. And here it's quite the opposite sometimes where, where we can be wasteful and we don't know where our food is coming from. And I learned so much, you know, with our life there and with what you were doing there that I was really wanted to bring that back to my home and he was on board. Yeah. So I guess maybe talk a little bit about you're in Converse just east of San Antonio. You want to talk a little bit about the town and I guess what, <laughs> what you've done. I mean, how has the town reacted to having you guys there? It's, I don't know, it's not really a... In Converse, it's just 15 minutes away from downtown San Antonio. Um, so we're, we're still inside the Loop 1604, so <laughs> still San Antonio. We're close. Like, yeah. it takes us 15 minutes to go down to the Pearl, where the market is, downtown. Um, but we're just outside. It's actually perfect, because we have, yeah. on the property that we're farming is the family friends, it's Paul and Laura Bishop and... They um, have about 120 acres, mm -hmm. and we're farming two? No, one. One and a half? One. <laughs> one. <laughs> so very small scale, um, and we still consider ourselves urban farming. Yeah. We don't um, have a tractor. The small scale, everything is done by hand. We don't till, we don't use a tractor. So. Okay. <laughs> and everybody's really, really positive about In the beginning, some people look at us like we're crazy. Actually, a lot yeah. of people looked at us like yeah. we were crazy. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, and you know, we just kept doing it and it kept growing. And people now are like, yeah, now they can so start interested to see the, and, the production. Yeah, they start to see it, that it works, yeah. that it really works, and that it's so good for the earth and good mm -hmm. for us people. And they're, they're, we have free classes once a month, and people come and tour the farm and get to see everything that we're doing. And they love it. And mm -hmm. we get to have, and we love being at the market too and selling our produce. Um, so yeah, people know their farmer. Fun. They come every weekend to see Silva to talk mm -hmm. about the food, and it's really personal. And it's just farm to table. <laughs> now, have you had any of the, like the other local farmers, kind of the conventional people, kind of want to see what you guys are doing? Do they come to any of your classes, or have uh, you re gotten bridged that gap yet? No, not farmers yet. Uh, okay, kind of clo close to. You <laughs> I, I have conversation with other farmers, but I don't have uh, really a farmers with, which really want to do the sacrifice and to start to use those methods. It's it's hard to convert uh, 
a conventional farm to a more no-till farm and right uh, you can't do that in one day you know it's it's gonna take time you know and, and if they don't believe but, that it works then it's very it, it, because they're so used to doing it one way and, yeah. and that's a big risk for them to take it, it because is, they're not fully like sure it is and and it's take time as well you know to balance the ecosystem to attract the predators and all the wildlife around and to right the healthy soil that's take couple of years mm-hmm. you know so that's not a change that they can do in 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 the months or weeks you know right but, uh, but that's that's definitely the goal yeah the since the beginning yeah was what we talked about to how we could change especially here in texas where the farm are huge we talk about two yeah. to six, 600 acres of one crop which is massive and uh try to make a change in that direction you know to show there's over way to grow food and uh and diversity as well you know mm-hmm. so teach people like if you grow only corn you need to sell your corn to go buy meat and other vegetable you know but if you grow a bit of everything you can just sell the surplus you know right so but more diversity and less trouble with weather or any kind of you Best. know things coming on the road that you can that you can't uh, control right um so I guess maybe kind of set the scene about your farm. Um, I, you know, I've looked at pictures and your blogs and Instagram and, and stuff like that, but kind of, you said you're using about an acre, acre and a half. And how did you guys build that land to start with? Or was it just, was it raw land to begin with? Or was it priorly was a pasture? A, no, it was a raw land. We are okay. on a, it's a hard clay soil. Okay. Very hard. Very hard clay, black clay. And they grew hay. And uh, and uh, it's a field of hay. So they just grow the grass and they cut it to make hay So we start on uh, that. And uh, I did uh, around half an acre of a food forest, which mm-hmm. is mostly fruit trees, uh, perennials, herbs. And uh, between in the, in the springtime, we grow the corns and beans and squash between the fruit trees. And uh, we did half an acre, approximately, of uh, market gardening, so mm-hmm. the vegetable production, which we try to do uh, an intensive rotation and to have uh, a lot of production on a small, uh, small uh, size. Okay. That's- yeah, I was kind of amazed at how much you guys produce on such a little bitty property. <laughs> well, when when you do everything by hand, everything takes less space, you know, tractor take a lot of space you know the wheel and you you, right. have, you you lose a lot of space there when you do it by hand everything can be much stretch on and the fact that we don't till the soils get so much loose and healthier year after years then we can put our crop much closer together so instead of one or two rows of carrots i will do five or seven rows on the same space you know? oh, just because okay. my soil never been compact always have a lot of life inside and, mm-hmm. and a very small walkway in between yeah. with large beds. Yeah. yeah. Large raised beds. Um, I guess let's go back a little bit. Um, who are you learning from? Are you learning most of this stuff in Thailand? Were the farmers there incorporating all of this or did you have a permaculture guide or how did this happen? <laughs> uh, actually, I was uh, living in Thailand in a, with friend in a community and uh, I start. Uh, I was doing a garden where I was living with my friend. And uh, one day, I have a guy from Belgium came to see my uh, garden and see what I was growing there. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and he told me, oh, you're doing uh, permaculture, you know. And I, I look at him, I never heard about permaculture before, you know. Yeah. But the same evening, I went on the uh, internet and look at permaculture, then I start to fall in because I I always wanted to be sustainable, you know. Right. My my dream is to be able to do everything on my own, you know. <laughs> with community. Can, with community. Right. Okay. You know? possible to do it all to, to be to yeah. be able to you know to grow your food to catch your water to create your electricity with solar or, you know to be 100 percent sustainable you know? nowadays they call that off-grid babe. off-grid <laughs> <laughs> off-grid so, i think there's a lot of uh, off-gridders so off-griders so yeah, yeah i start to learn about permaculture and get more more deep into it read lots of books but uh reads uh, yeah mostly books a lot of uh youtube video uh, a lot of Mail. I have a very good uh, friend and mentor in France, mm-hmm. which is doing the same things as me. So we get a lot of uh, good things, and you know, with Instagram and discussing with other people, and it's everything. It's in free, permaculture. It's in free sharing online everywhere. So it's very easy to get uh, information or to ask for specific things and experiment. If you don't try, you don't know. It. Right, and, right. And thing doesn't. Uh, apply it's depend of your context you know things you see sometimes about permaculture are not going to work in your context but going to work in other contexts so a lot of experimentation and... and currently at the farm we're we're we have solar panels that run the farm there's mm-hmm. a, a lake we have a swimming hole with a pond full of fish yeah we have we have a lot of water retention uh, we build uh, things to catch water as well right so we, and then it's a lot about learning how to manage the land here. It's very mm-hmm. different in Texas than in Thailand. So yeah, he had to it's very dry. Lots of swells. You direct mm-hmm. you direct the water. Yeah. So that when it rains, it stays. Make sure to keep the mud, the soil uh, mulch, mm-hmm. to prevent uh, most evaporation as possible. And I love it because you're always learning. Yeah. That, that we're always learning. I feel yeah. like this life is like t- doing something like this. It's just. No, it never stops. You're always learning. <laughs> I love that. Well, and I think what I thought was most, you mentioned Texas being obviously a different climate and dry. And a lot of the permaculture people I followed are in Australia and it's a much different climate. Um, so when I saw Texas, I was kind of like, wow, I wonder, I wonder how you guys are, how the climate is, is for permaculture here. <laughs> so, I mean, what have you guys had any challenges with that? I mean, you've talked about swales and, and water, I, but we... <laughs> I think I think the biggest challenge for me in Texas is the way, how fast the weather can change. Right. You Like, you can you can look the weather channel for the next two days, you know, and it's going to say maybe a little bit windy. And when it's come that day, it's become a real storm, you know, and you mm-hmm. got 60 miles gust. And that's the hardest because you can't really prepare ahead or you don't know what to prepare for, you know? Yeah. So that, that, that's hard. Otherwise, I think it's, it's uh, rather than the heat in the summer. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, uh, I like the climate because you're able to expand a lot of things during the winter because they're not that cold. So with small right. uh, season extension, you're able to do uh, a lot of things. And in the summer, we use some, uh, some shed cloth on few few crops just mm-hmm. to keep them alive for the two, three months of our sun. And they us- usually come back in the fall. Right. So. I like the climate here too. Uh-huh. Yeah. You really can grow a lot. You can play with the <clears throat> microclimates and play with it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and do a lot. Yeah. I saw you guys were overwintering some peppers. Was that, and they were just now re-sprouting. Was that like, did you guys keep them in like a little tunnel or how did y'all do that? Yeah. We just, I just keep them under the a greenhouse. It wasn't mm -hmm. heated at all. Okay. But uh, in, Th in Thailand, I used to grow pepper for a couple of years, mm -hmm. and they get very big. They're they like get, a tree. They're like a tree. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and pepper, the second year, they produce much more than the first year. So the, the goal was to keep them alive during the winter mm -hmm. for them to uh, kick off very early in the season and have pepper uh, April or May, like a couple months before everyone. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and it worked. It didn't, it didn't get cold enough to kill them, so... I just trim them very short, and now they're just starting to make new leaves again. So, and, it's, and it's a caterpillar tunnel. Yeah, it's a caterpillar. It's not really like a when you say greenhouse, I think of it's, like a big old greenhouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's not it's not heated, so there's no heater. Yeah, uh, it's just, it's just been enough to protect them from uh, from getting too low in the temperature. So now, did you guys get any snow or the ice like a lot of the area had this year? We did. We did have. Uh, an inch, an inch of snow for uh, 12 hours. And then the next day it was like 80 degrees now. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. And the next day was summer again. Yes. It's been a but weird winter, that's for sure. The, 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 the snow wasn't, uh, wasn't bad. It's less damaging than, uh, than a frost, for example. Right. Yeah. And since we've been here, the biggest, I guess, threat weather-wise was the hailstorm last year. Two years ago now. Okay. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, the mm. hail, we got a hailstorm two years ago, and uh, right at the April, so right at the beginning of the season, everything was nice and blooming in the garden. And it's, oh no, they were like a golf golf ball. Oh yeah, size smash. It's passed through the solar panel, huh. so and it's smash up the the entire garden and the greenhouse. It looked like someone <laughs> the took greenhouse a machine and... gun to it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't a great start, but uh, again, the fact that we grow a lot of diversity, uh, we got a lot of overcrop that did survive compared mm -hmm. to over farmer, which mm -hmm. lost everything, you know. Right. So, uh, mm -hmm. That's also the idea behind diversity. Uh, it's to be able in kind of drought or flooding, you always have some plants going to survive. So you still have some food no matter what. So, right. Um, I'll, I'll kind of be interested in case when we have another drought season. I don't know if Sarah, you were around for the big drought in like 2011, um, which okay. killed a lot of a lot of trees that were really that died around in the area. So mm -hmm. I hope you guys. I'll, I'll be interested to see how you guys adapt to to long drought because <laughs> we yeah. have those. Yeah. Uh, well, the the food forest that we planted two years ago, we planted uh, a lot of different uh, species of fruit trees. And uh, you may want to get your charger. There's a plug here. Yeah. Okay. Go we ahead. Uh, we uh, grow uh, a lot of fruit trees and uh, we water them for the first six months. And they had, after that, they haven't been watered for almost two years. Oh, and, wow. Uh, and we just, we ju I just lost a few, uh, like three or four due to uh, not enough water. But uh, the fact that we did swells to catch water and to uh, keep it underground and it's it's really uh, really help to improve the the soil water retention okay so then you guys are only really relying on rainwater and the swales 
to water all of your crops or how are you guys irrigating? Just for the fruit trees, for the market garden, I use the city water. Oh, you do? Okay. Okay. First, because it's it's very easy, you know, it's here on the tap, you just open it and it's flow. So it's very, uh, very easy. And uh, also because we don't own the land and uh, and to buy the pump, the pump uh, you need okay. specific filter, which are very expensive. So we, I'm not willing to do, we're not willing to do the invest right. on uh, this property. Right. Oh, no. um, so you want to talk about like your inputs, like fertilizer and compost. I saw you do a lot of worm composting and things like that. How, what are you guys doing for that? I guess. <laughs> so we don't use any, uh, any fertilizer, organic or non-organic. Uh, the only things that we put, it's a uh, composted mulch. So it's not a uh, compost yet. Compost, it's a finished product already. So it doesn't feed the soil. Okay. It doesn't feed the soil. It's uh, just feed the plant. And uh, I want to feed the soil first because healthy soil will keep uh, healthy plants. Mm-hmm. The composting mulch, it's uh, basically like native uh, wood chip, which are pre-composted. So mm-hmm. they still leave a lot of organic matters and attract a lot of fungi. So that's what I mainly use. And uh, the worm farms, I use those to do the, the composting. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I have over compost, but I don't use it in the in the market garden. I just use it for my fruit trees or flowers or plants in pot because there's too much seeds. And comfrey, you guys, oh, yeah. and 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 all the nitrogen fixing plants. Yeah, I will grow like nitrogen fixer between crops, like cover peas. crops and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, okay. I use a lot of comfrey to do uh, to ferment. Ferment comfrey for mm-hmm. uh, because it's rich in uh, potassium and phosphorus. So okay. that's really to me. Uh, yeah, that sounds about like everything that I've read. <laughs> and um, I did have I uh, last year I had a guest on Amy Strauss. She's in uh, Ohio. She does small permaculture in like her yard, and so she's kind of gone around and doing teaching classes and she wrote a book about small scale permaculture for like suburban gardens and suburban, she called it micro farming. So she talked a lot about similar principles that you've mentioned, like the comfrey and the worm uh, tea and that sort of thing. So, uh-huh. so I was excited. Um, yeah. That she was spreading the small scale permaculture and, you know, I have seen quite a bit of interest in Texas about for permaculture, but um are you guys one of the only farms in San Antonio that is permaculture based or um, are you trying farm, to spread that? Farm, farm, I think so. Yeah. You, you, most of the time, the permaculture project that's will be, you know, they will teach education. It's, based. it's mostly education based. And uh, me, I really wanted to do something that's profitable, you know, like not only show permaculture has been sustainable and, to educate, but something that can be profitable and can be a living to someone else. Yeah. Right. So in farm, there's not a... And to show that it can feed the world. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and show that it can feed the world. <laughs> we need to be an example that yeah. that this can be a method uh, that we can use yeah. to feed everyone. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, maybe you want to talk about the classes that you you host. Then, if you're trying to spread the word, um, 
when are they and what kind of topics are you are you talking about so when are they we try to do the first weekend of every month uh it's been uh hard to respect that so sometimes there's a month we we skip but mm -hmm. uh if people follow our facebook we post the events at least a week to 10 days before and uh it's free everybody's welcome and uh it's... we choose a topics a specific topic it's usually <laughs> on a saturday or a sunday after the market Sun sunday after been... yeah consistently a Sunday yeah. recently. And um, so when we get back from the market, we, we have like a specific topic we speak about. Um, this past month we did composting mm -hmm. and okay. we had a, even compost Queens, a local um, producer oh, of compost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a local uh, food waste company. Yeah. Which is okay. a, a Japanese uh, method, which is the Bokashi compost. Oh so yeah. I invited them as a guest to talk about something different. And then, then after we have a tour on the farm and people get to ask questions on specific things. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very friendly. It's not very laid back. Very laid back. Yeah. We, we share a lot yeah. of knowledge as well. We definitely keep it open um, for everybody to, yeah. to talk about what, what they're doing, what any questions they have or help that they need. Um, we really enjoy it. It's a great way to like meet, meet people yeah. that are spend time like with uh, well-minded people. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, uh, and it's free, like like Silva said, which we yeah. feel like uh, should it should stay that way. It's free because it's laid back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least people they don't they uh, they don't expect. Uh... Okay. They're not getting a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> yeah, if you have to charge, then you have to need a presentation, a nice yeah. chair. But we you know. we love our customers coming. Like when we have customers that come every weekend to buy our produce. It's really nice to see them come yeah, that's... to the farm and see how their food is being grown. Yeah. So I enjoy that that's really, aspect uh, of it as well. Like up, the yeah. two are walking around me like, this is like how they're growing my food. And it just yeah. brings them closer. Yeah. And we get, we get new customers as well, which people which doesn't uh, shop to the farmer's market and come to the class. And after okay. being educated a little bit, then they will go to the farmer's market. So either way, shop with other farmers or with us. Mm -hmm. But at least try to bring them more to the local producer and get away from the big, uh, big company. Uh. And we've had a few work days too, mm. where um, they get their hands dirty and we put them to work. That's get hard, the for community. Silva, hard for Silva to do. He doesn't like putting people to work, but I'm like, yeah, free volunteers. And then we have like a, in order to make it even, we have a, a friend of ours, um, chef Josh, and he comes and cooks yeah. For, he like harvests from the garden and while everybody's working he goes into the kitchen he makes this big meal yeah. and so afterwards we all eat together and that's fun oh, that's fun yeah. do you think like I mean how big do you eventually want to make the farm I mean I don't know if you want to stay on this property you know for the next five or ten years but ideally like how big would you make the farm and if you if it's not sustainable for just you to do work on or both of y'all to work on so would you want to bring more people in eventually or is, have you even thought that far? <laughs> so the, yeah, the, the idea is definitely to bring, uh, to try to have an employee on the farm uh, with us. But uh, the size will be a two and a half acre because that's what we just buy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we bought land this year, two and a half acres, and yeah. it's only five miles down the road from this farm. Okay. So 
So the plan is to move on to have a, an acre, one acre of uh, market garden vegetable production and uh, one acre and a half of uh, food forest and fruit and berries, animals. And the farm here, we would like to convert it in a, to convert it in a food saving, in a seed saving. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So we'll do mostly uh, all seed saving for uh, our farm plus resell and give away for garden club and community and so to share the seed to, to share because right. we, we grow people. all the heirloom only heirloom species okay. um and we save our seed every year to, to reuse in the garden so we don't have to buy it we originally started um sourcing our seeds and we still do sometimes to try new species um from baker's creek and seed savers exchange okay Mostly, uh, there, there, there's a lot out there, but we mostly oh, get from, uh, <laughs> from Baker Creeks. I like them. So, yeah, they have uh, such a big catalog. Every time I get their catalog, I'm like, I want everything. <laughs> uh, it's like Christmas. I'm like a little we, kid again with my highlighter, like circling all my faves. <laughs> yes. We, we try a lot of it, but uh, I still uh, select, especially for the market garden, because when you, when you grow for a living, you need uh, things that produce and mm -hmm. right yeah there's a lot of things that uh i try and i, I won't grow because they're not uh it, you can't make it work on a smaller uh, scale farm it's good for a home garden but right not for producing enough for a farmer's market every week so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, um uh, so i like the idea that you guys will have that other property for um seed saving because that means you'll get you'll be diversifying a little bit and yeah. um i also like the idea of just small local seed sources too which i find yeah. sometimes can be kind of hard to find very hard yeah. to find and that's what there people usually because we sell it at the market our seeds when we have excess and they come and they're like oh, that's a big that we should see people's eyes we should film people's eyes when they walk <laughs> by and they see the, the heirloom seeds like local seed they're like wow that's a big hit because it is, it's true that they've already like adjusted to the climate. Um, yeah, even if we don't have them, we uh, always give the, like the website where we buy our seeds and always educate yeah. like, why it's so important to save your seeds and to don't buy all those hybrid F1 and <laughs> yeah, all those weird things you can see in the grocery shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's talk about your food forest a little bit. What are you wanting to plant and what have you planted? What kind of trees? Um, I don't know if you guys are able to do things like avocados or mangoes that far. <laughs> I don't know if it's quite warm enough all the time or not. But... Maybe, but they would take too much care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, we, don't, we like easy. <laughs> the food I, forest is supposed uh, to be easy, like easy. little input. But I, I will, so no, on our land, yeah, I want to try a... Uh... Because there's there's species of avocado that can resist to like twenty eight, twenty six. Yeah. Same with the uh, mango tree. After they like four or five years old, they can stand much colder temperature. So, uh, but that will be on our land because will be obviously not for uh, for sale, but just for our own production. Right. But uh, you can create a, a lot of microclimate and play a lot around with trees, but. Can you tell mm -hmm. like, the trees that we have in the... Yeah, we grow... Uh, we have olives, peach, uh, nectarine, persimmon, jujube, figs, almond, uh, popo, a lot of pomegranate that I use as a windbreak. I grow a lot of goji berries as well. Uh, what else do we have? Plum. I did say persimmon. <laughs> so we, we, we have a lot of... Uh, 
of different species. Some did better than other. Did our apple make it? Uh, one did, but uh, we have a couple of different peaches. Make sure that all the trees are have uh, all different uh, chill hours requirement yeah. in the winter. That way we can have a for sure fruit every year, especially mm-hmm. here in Texas. Because if you have a warm winter, you don't get right, right. Species, for example, the following year, you know, if you just grow one species, so. right. Diversity, it's uh, it's always the key. And also, have you guys? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, have you guys heard of the Carnival apple? Carnival apple? Mm. No. Okay. okay. It was um, it was put out by Urban Harvest here in Houston. They are, they actually have some permaculture design courses, and but they actually mostly are a big group of um, community gardens in Houston and they have a big fruit tree sale too, but they kind of worked with a grower, I think in Brazil, (laughs) developing an apple for warmer climates. And we bought one a couple of years ago. We actually got, we did get one apple off of it last year. (laughs) Um, Our tree is not quite big enough for huge production yet, but it's supposed to be adaptive for warmer climates. It has a lower chill hours. Um, I was just going to toss it out there as something to look into. I don't know. Um, if it's available, yeah. you know, in he- San Antonio area, but you know, <laughs> might- Houston is close. <laughs> so, drive. yeah, that's some of our fruit trees from yeah. Houston. Yeah. So, cool. <laughs> um, I guess actually, so I, what other crops are you um producing right now for the spring farmers markets what do you guys got in store for uh people to buy right now i guess right now we have a lot of uh all kind of leafy green collard and swiss chard and kale mustard uh, mustard green do a lot of lettuce lettuce it's one of our big crop uh we got carrots radish uh we don't do cabbage I grow some, but just for us because mm-hmm. they take. Uh, it's not profitable on a small scale. Yeah, they, they take too much space. Same with like cauliflower. So we don't we don't do those. But uh, now in the greenhouse, I have all my tomato seedling and pepper mm-hmm. and squash coming. So it's now it's the exi- exciting time of the year. Yes, <laughs> it's gonna get very busy. <laughs> Seeing all the babies come up. Yeah, and then your mouth waters. Can mm-hmm. I always want to fast forward and eat it? <laughs> I know. I've got all of my tomato seedlings. I've been slowly getting them repotted and put into bigger pots so they're ready to set out in March. So I'm like, all right, tomato season. (laughs) You are are in advance on me. Uh, I haven't uh, repotted them yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I feel like I'm always going to be behind. So I'm just trying to make this most of my time as I can. So (laughs) we always start early. to try and get ahead as well yeah. and then do it again later right just why we just stop and die. last year we did the squash early and we got lucky and we were like we had yeah, a ton of squash before did everybody again. you did again yeah this year yeah you try here the, there's 50 percent chance for us in san antonio than the last frost it's mid-february yeah uh we can have one end of february or mid-march will mid-march will be painful but uh so i'm able to grow like put squash very early and mm-hmm. uh, if we don't get that frost in uh, mid-February then you have squash uh, to harvest by the, the end of March beginning of April so right. but if you got a frost you lost all your crops so it's, there's a bit of <laughs> gambling there but uh, when yeah. you sell it, it's fine it's a, hel- yeah. it's a healthy gamble it's a healthy gamble <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, do you guys have problems with squash vine borers? And if you do, I guess, what do you guys do um, to try to remedy that problem? I, the squash beetle? I, I did not hear the question, sorry. Um, the squash vine borers, the little caterpillars that get in yeah. the vines and gnaw them away. Uh, yeah, those, those are tough. Uh, I do a sticky trap. Sticky trap. Okay. So I just will paint a, a plastic board an acrylic board in a bright yellow and I add on it a, a sticky glue which doesn't dry on the sun. So it's basically a glue that you put around your fruit trees to prevent the ants to climb on the trees. Okay. You can find that in any feed store and uh, and you put that on the on the trap and the, the, the beetles, they get attracted. They think it's a squash flower and they, okay. uh, they get stuck on it. So it doesn't get rid of it, but uh, it's it's always it's a, something that helps a little bit. And I'm going to mention two other pest control things that I love doing, and it's the vacuum, <laughs> the, the car vacuum. Okay. Very well in the car, yeah. and we had no use for it because it just didn't work in the car. We put it in the garden, and we suck up those. What do you know? Those what? leaf 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 uh, bugs. Oh yes! They can, I, oh my gosh! Yeah, then, the leaf food bugs. But the, it doesn't yeah. suck up. Leaf, it just sucks up the bugs and that's kind of for some reason satisfying for me to do I like that job and then also the um potato trap that you did or the food waste trap to get the yeah, roly polies yeah that was cool I liked that yeah that's that's worked very well so, and he just has like a bucket with some holes like we used like those strawberry baskets and he puts the food scraps um and then in the morning he comes early morning yeah, yeah just harvest the the bucket and check it in another bucket and they all fall in okay and then Uh, feed it to your chickens and fish (laughs) and uh and i also release uh predators two years ago to uh to uh bring them to the land so i release like praying mantis and a swing and uh the the parasitic wasp and the ladybugs so now they all here around i see them i see a cocoon of praying mantis everywhere so those help a lot as well and we have a lot of lizard and snake and so we lose when when you do permaculture you need to uh to accept that you're going to lose some of your uh, crop you know because right. you, need, you need to share you know? if you don't right. share it's not gonna work <laughs> yeah you right. have to be okay with that you have to be okay with that you know to lose some you know and to get holes in your leaves here and there <laughs> <laughs> yes i don't mind the holes in my leaves so much so i mean but that's 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 changing now because many people that's strange to buy produce with holes right and now that i think that is Mm. sorry someone was calling oh okay (laughs) did you hear the phone vibrate no it like muted or something for a second (laughs) and i learned that in thailand too going to the market like my my friend was shopping and, and she was only looking for the ones that had all the holes and I was like what are you doing she's like well if a bug can eat it so can I <laughs> smart yeah do you guys send holy holy leaves and lettuce to your market or do you try to to not do that to send what I mean it depends on how many holes. <laughs> <laughs> for, for some of the leaves that are totally I mean damaged. yeah if it's, yeah no if it, I mean if it's too much no I certainly don't bring them to the market because you still want a, a good quality produce. So yeah. either way, we will eat them. 
uh, they're just going to compost or for the world. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, I usually, if I have problem with pests, they will stay on one bed and I will usually leave it there. That way okay. I, they don't spread. They don't, if I take them off, they will go somewhere else. So right. I let them uh, savage my crop and I able to harvest uh, other things. Uh, in other places. At yeah. other places, you know. Yeah. Um, so I guess what is your favorite things to grow? I mean, do you have any personal pet crops that you like to to, to harvest and to grow? <laughs> yeah. I just I spoke to some of um, my students. I'm a teacher, an art teacher as well. And I went into a classroom and talked and they asked me this question and I was totally thrown off. But and it really is true. My favorite vegetables are the ones that are out of season. <laughs> whatever we're eating now like it's I like them it's good but I'm like so looking forward to like biting into like a cucumber okra watermelon like and anything out of season I just really look forward to eating and then it's gonna change obviously I'm gonna start looking forward to broccoli and cauliflower in the summer (laughs) what about you that's my answer that's the honest one (laughs) Yeah, but no, what's your favorite crop? I don't to... have a favorite crop ah. to eat. Oh, to grow? To grow. I love squash. <laughs> so pretty. I, I like uh, peppers. Peppers? Yeah, I like peppers because they have uh, they low care and the fruit are so nice in shape and colors. And I, I like peppers. I kind of get that feeling because I think when we visited, you had a lot of peppers for sale and I think you had a lot of pepper seeds. So Yeah, we have a lot of diversity peppers. How many yeah, and, uh, different yeah. species of peppers I do go, you have? Yeah, I grow a lot of spicy and sweet pepper. And we have a, now we have a, a lot of customers which come in just for peppers because they know that we have a, a lot of different ones. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many? I mean, just guess. I don't know. It's 30? No, yeah, maybe 20. 20 different species of okay. I, I, I like peppers they're, <laughs> they're so pretty I, I love tomato too but tomatoes they can be more challenging to grow they're much more time consuming to prune and much more delicate but uh, I love lettuce carrots are fun radish are very fast it's impressive yeah. put them in the ground and 20 days later you you uh, put them in your plate mm-hmm. but uh I think I saw you guys do um, some canning and preserving too. Do you uh, sell if, that? If we have a, if we bring a lot of things from the market, yeah, we try to have less waste as possible. So if we can pickle, we will pickle. Or... Yeah, we don't want it to go to waste. Mm. We love. Preserving. I mean, it's never go to waste. Herbs we try and dry, it's, and it's uh... anything that can be pickled, we pickle. I'm not like um, very experienced in canning and preserving so i'm learning okay. a lot um but it's fun to try different recipes and and I, we are sweet pickled sweet peppers and obviously pickled hot peppers are yeah, the hot peppers sell, like sell hot really cake. well <laughs> and then we did like a, a beer snack it was like a pickled radish and turnips mm. and that was really good it was hmm that sounds interesting <laughs> right with beer that's why we called it a beer snack <laughs> oh okay it's like salty and it's a med- crunchy. Greek, and... Greek style, Mediterranean pickled turnips. Yeah. That was good. Um, 
so I guess maybe talk about the farmer's market itself. How did you guys decide to choose the Pearl market over any of the other markets in San Antonio? And um, how has that been for you guys? If you've ever been to San Antonio and you've been to the Pearl market, you know, you know that it's probably going to be the best market in San Antonio. Yes. (laughs) There's live music. It's just like, it's it's so nice. It's so beautiful. There's like, a, a large space for children to run around and play and then people bring their dogs and there's, yeah, there's thousands of, thousand of people vendors and cute shops and yeah. and obviously the river walk is right there yeah so it's just really um we enjoy it's, going it's, it's for uh, us it's like a, a little date for us to go. it's a blessing to be there it's a very it's a very good uh, i remember the first time i came in san antonio we went to that market with the owner from the farm here he bring us there Mm-hmm. And I was telling to Sarah, you may imagine maybe one day we will sell here. And I was saying that more as a joke because I, 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 I wouldn't see myself really selling there. And, and now I, I wouldn't leave my spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a really nice. Uh, and market are fun. You meet a lot of people and it's very. Uh, it is fun. I like it. Eat good food. Yeah. Yeah, I was amazed at all the food trucks and yeah, it just had such a good vibe and it made me wish that I had something like that here. <laughs> and that's how we grocery shop too. We 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 like to trade. Luckily, all the vendors are are like, yeah, trade. They want our vegetables. We can get meat. Oh, there you go. We can get bread. Yeah, we. Uh, I don't know if we install that, but we bring the, <laughs> we bring the trade at the market and and we've been trading with a lot of uh, good stuff. So that also reduce. Uh, our waste kind of because right. we, we don't have a waste no matter what something will hit it here at the farm mm-hmm. but uh that's very good vibes i know we want to do an airbnb here at the farms mm-hmm. and then we can just like have people come and visit and stay and enjoy the the lake and the house and the farm and and then take them and to the spread. market We're like, Let's go to Pearl. <laughs> and spread more uh, spread more seeds yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> party favor on the way out <laughs> here's some scenes um well i guess if you guys want to i guess tell me what else you might want to be thinking about for the next few years do you want to stay at the pearl market or would you want to do any csa kind of thing or you just like the selling at the market i think we could do restaurants we're gonna start the market for yeah. sure I think the addition would be. We have two uh, two company two uh, food company which uh, contact us and came to visit the farm here and uh, want to uh, work with me, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, they buy food from uh, local farmers and they delivery uh, chef and restaurant across the San Antonio area. Mm-hmm. So that's what I will do because uh, it's 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 not easy to work with restaurant and chef, you know, first mm-hmm. because they're busy, they don't have much time and. You need to delivery. And that, you're busy. So, and I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. so that, way, busy. that way I can just send send it to them and they take care of the rest. But so that's something uh should uh, coming this year and the production hopefully will be enough for supply uh, supply those two shops. That'd be uh, great. Yeah. And I think uh, keep it simple. I mean, we're simple people. I think that's how I picture us. Uh, keeping it simple will give us the freedom to go to France in the summers, mm-hmm. to still travel. We want to see the world. So to get something set up here and and keep it 
profitable for us, but nothing too, too huge. <laughs> right, right. Do you guys have someone kind of watch over the farm when you guys do leave, or? We 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 do have uh, friends. Uh, we look over the farm if we have to leave, or we always find someone around to uh, look for a weekend if need to. Or... But hopefully, yeah, hopefully within a year or two, we will be able to have uh, an employee or two. So mm-hmm. we won't need to worry about that. You know. I think we'll start with interns. It's hard to employ somebody right away because it's like an investment. You're going to be paying somebody and you want to make sure that you're going to get like yeah. the work in return, like the money it's worth. Right. It. Maybe start with an intern um, where they come and they do like a work study. I think there's a lot of people willing to do that because they want to learn. And, and some people do it because they want to see if that's, if they want to be farmers. Mm-hmm. Like, is this something that I can see myself doing? I have an interest. So to come and do that. Yeah, farming, it's hard. Permaculture or not, still hard. Yeah, and then... Um, but, but with permaculture, it's getting easier. Yes. <laughs> and it's so beautiful. It's like the Garden of Eden. I say that all the time, but it's true. It's like walking into the food forest with all the flowers blooming and the food like just growing like volunteers they grow on their own they just oh. self-seed they spread and you had little input in the food forest yeah, and the you... food forest there's a lot of volunteers uh, kale and mustard oh that's good let, let, uh, let us come back everywhere like crazy and birds come and so it's uh, butterflies come yeah. and all these little bugs i mean it's beautiful <clears throat> it's a good it's a good i'm exciting to see this year job it's not like you're dealing with a whole bunch of chemicals and you're looking mm-hmm. at the same thing and you're writing a big track <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> well you don't have the mindset of like you're there's no need to be worried about like there's weeds here. I've got to go out there and weed it. Or you're not, you're not thinking in that mindset. You're thinking that it's all working together. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're not fighting it. Definitely. Right. Right. Um, what about consulting? Would you do consulting for other permaculture farmers or people, farmers interested in doing permaculture in Texas or, or developing any kind of classes that are more, um, long-term or is you said simple so i was just curious the the few consulting that i i did is uh, mostly for uh, home base so people they want convert them front yard or backyard in more edible landscape so that's what i'm okay. proposing more edible landscape to uh, implant fruit trees and vegetable and maybe catch water and give ideas to be more more efficient you know? it's like a design plan it's a more of a design plan i Okay. Don't do the work there. So we go there and talk about it and make a design and and they yeah. implement it. Yeah, and then they implement it. Okay. But maybe in the future I will have a team and we'll do the whole uh, <laughs> the whole job. That would be fun. <laughs> that will be fun. Yeah. We thought about it. Yeah. Lots of ideas. But, uh, Lots of one thing at a time. <laughs> Spread the permaculture word in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, well, I guess if you want to just kind of wrap up, maybe t- you're at the Pearl Market. Um, where can people find you online? And Do when they, are you at the Pearl Market? Do you know our farm name? Uh, no, you know, we didn't even talk about that. I mean, that was one of the first things. <laughs> you're Talking Tree Farm. Yeah, Talking Tree Farm. Oh, yes. Let's talk about that. <laughs> where did the name come from? Oh, well, Silva didn't like Happy Frenchman Farm. <laughs> No, he's thought of Talking Tree Farm. Why don't you answer that? Talking Tree Farm, because I uh, I always believe that 
and it's it's uh, it's now been uh, scientifically proved that trees talk together mm-hmm. with the roots and all the uh, the mycorrhizae and the fungi underground. Mm-hmm. And uh, and to me, it's just it's a mind it's blow my mind, you know, like how we don't know much actually of, about nature, you know, they just how all talk each other and we don't even know. <laughs> right. So I always like like that approach. Yeah. The tree can talk, you know, and more more you planting stuff and more everything get healthier because they kind of all interact together, you know, as a community. So. Well, you're I plant- like it. I'm sure yeah. your plants are it's, telling it, each it's, other. It's kind really of, love Silva. It's, it's <laughs> kind of if we if we will have a village, you know, and we will all be carpenter, you know, it will it will be hard, you know. Right. <laughs> so, just grow a cedar or corn you know but when you have diversity you know you have a carpenter and you have a blacksmith and you have the farmer and (laughs) everybody has their their job or their niche and they're all happy and that's the goal it's to reproduce a forest you know and in a forest there's a lot of diversity you know Mm -hmm. uh not not in the renewable forest that now we grow just for extract the wood but if you go in the primary forest and there's hundreds of different uh tree species and berries and roots a lot of a lot of diversity and and the soil it's the most healthiest you can find and Mm -hmm. there's no pest and it's it's uh, an abundance of food (laughs) (laughs) sounds nice (laughs) it does it sounds better than monoculture farms goodness all right so yes talking tree farm where can um if you're in san antonio where would people at the market um and what day is that it's gonna saturday and sunday we're, we're at the pearl brewery farmers market in san antonio and it's on saturday it's uh nine to one and then on sunday it's ten to two yeah and facebook and Instagram. we we really communicate well with people on facebook um we, yeah, Instagram. it's Facebook is just Talking Tree Farm Permaculture. Actually, it's Talking Tree Farm Permaculture on Facebook, okay. and then on Instagram, it's Talking Tree Farm. Okay. And yeah, we have a website, but it, we just use it so that pe- it directs people to our Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy. <laughs> yeah, but we welcome people to come visit us at the at the market or come to one of our free classes. And then we'll be doing our Airbnb soon. So maybe you should look at Airbnb and look for Talking Tree Farm. Yeah, that sounds like fun. You can come uh, learn and spend the night. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that would be cool. Well, I guess, is there any like parting wisdom you would have for anybody interested in doing permaculture in Texas? Even in the garden? (laughs) Mine would be don't give up. Don't get discouraged if it doesn't work the first time. Um, and just, just like, keep, keep it up and keep going. And, and, and it's not just growing your food, but it's, it's composting. It's being aware of how much electricity and water you're using and recycling and, you know, consumption. And it's like more than just growing your own food. It's, it's a lifestyle choice. And when you become aware and and, and knowledgeable and educated about that and our role as caretakers of this planet, then it just like, it changes you and it, it's going to make you feel like you're responsible uh, for self and for the world we leave behind and for the next generation. And mm-hmm. I just think it's going to pay off. It's going to be worth it. Don't give up. 
need the hair of a better place yeah. that we found it. Sometimes Sound. I get, get get back into my American ways and Silva uh-huh. catches me. <laughs> Leave the water on when I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> but those are little things that, I mean, like those it's, small it's, changes just make you aware of, you know, that you have it, that you are impacting the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I have a friend who's definitely far greener than I am. And so when I see her doing stuff or she gets onto me for something that I failed to do, like, and I'm like, oh, oh, I have really been been not thinking that way. <laughs> so it's good to have someone else catching you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not only, uh, you know, being sustainable. It's not only like grow your food, you know, there's so much more than that, you know, like just being careful on your water consumption or being careful of stopping lights when you are not in a room, you know, mm-hmm. or, all the or turn off the TV waste. when oh, you packaging. eat, you know, uh, just separate your plastic, recycle. All those are the permaculture, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, it's not only growing food, you know, it's at least doing something better. If you can't grow food, you still can do a lot of good things, you know, to uh, to help, you know, the to be more sustainable and to take care more of the earth. So just being conscious of it, being yeah. conscious and educate. Right. And don't beat yourself up. If, yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you're trying to make those changes and you're making mistakes or whatever, just like stick with it <laughs> and don't let anybody beat and, you. Uh, <laughs> and it's a matter of food. If you add organic matters, you should be good. Say it again. If, if you keep adding organic matters, you should be good to your, to your, to your food. Okay soil that's your tip that's your departing wisdom add keep adding organic matter to your soil soil plants there you go feed your (laughs) soil before your plants sounds good (laughs) well Well, thank you guys so much for uh agreeing to come on and um i know we had some technical difficulties but i'm glad it worked out so (laughs) apologize for that That this is our first podcast thank you for having us yeah i know there's gonna be a lot of people very interested to to hear about this so i'm i'm excited to share share their love and it's really awesome what you do thank you oh thank you and i hope you don't just friend uh, my uh accent (laughs) oh yes i did a couple times i like think of what you say okay (laughs) you did but maybe not the others That's okay. I think they'll figure it out. So, okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.